Next on BYUSN, Cougar football last in the Big 12. In which metric? Oh, we'll discuss that dramatic take. And the great Steve Young answers the question, who is the better Cougar in NFL history, himself or Andy Reid? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation with the hard-hitting questions presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, February 15th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jason Shepard, a man who is ready to answer the hard-hitting questions today. Always. Do we have hard-hitting questions today? Well, you just presented a couple. That is true. <laughs> but, like, you and I agree on the answer to that question. Yes. We do agree. The question is, what will Steve Young say to that question? Uh-huh. Okay. Very, very interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, we just talked to him. Uh, wait until you hear oh, what, yes. he, what he says. Yes, indeed. All right, on today's show... What indicators are important to you in determining BYU football success this upcoming season? As we mentioned, Steve Young joins us to talk Big 12, Andy Reid, and the Super Bowl. And again, to answer that question, and which Pac-12 team would you save if you were the Big 12? Is mm. D none of the above available? <laughs> I told you hard-hitting questions. <laughs> yeah. Also, what's better, Reese's Pieces or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Let's throw that one into the mix, too. Okay, okay here are today's headlines. <laughs> Big 12 media days for all 14 football teams in the conference in the 2023 season set for July 12th through the 13th at Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington, Texas. Yes, you heard me. All 14 teams will be present on both days. The four newcomers, including BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, about to get a media awakening. Yes, indeed. BYU baseball picked third in the preseason West Coast Conference coaches poll. Cole Gamble, Ozzie Pratt, and starting pitcher Jack Sterner were named to the all-WCC preseason team. The Cougars beginning the season Friday with a four-game series at Louisiana Tech. I'll have the call live from Ruston at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night on the BYU Radio app and then locally on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. Hey, fun fact, I've been to Ruston, drove through it. In fact, that's where I picked up COVID pneumonia, so I have great memories of Ruston. Hopefully oh, well, BYU fantastic. picks up a win there. And hopefully not pneumonia. <laughs> BYU women's golf finishing Jeez. ninth at the San Diego State Classic <laughs> yesterday. I know, I'm such a downer. But that's what I associate with Ruston, Louisiana. Well, apparently I'm going to be bringing a ton of uh, sanitizer. <laughs> you should do that. Alicia Maymatel leading the Cougars in women's golf. Uh, finished in the top six individually. She's awesome, rolling for a third straight tournament. Next outing for Alicia Maymateo and the women, February 27th through the 28th at the Gunrock Invitational held in Sacramento, California. You pick up any diseases in Sacramento? Nope, nope. no Sweet. diseases in Sacramento. Sweet. Eric Mika was the third overall pick for Team Scoots in the first NBA G League Next Up All-Star Game. The event will be this Sunday at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City. You can watch the former Cougar hoop it up live at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Let's go, Eric, and yeah, How for Team that? Scoot. Swim and dive at BYU, headed to the MPSF Championships. Split between St. George and Mission Viejo, California. Swim starts tonight in St. George. The men defending their first place title, by the way. The women trying to move up from a third place finish just last year. Good luck to all of the athletes. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Yeah. It's a yeah. Inside for real when that's just how I feel. Uh, make 
one move get peeled, and that's just how I feel. Touchdown, Cody Don't eat you up. Let's just keep it real. Still, I'm outside for real, and that's just how I feel. A shout out to our editors who put together awesome yes. music videos each and every day. I will say though, as soon as that music started, I'm like, are we doing thank you notes? <laughs> Maybe that's something we and should then it add kicked to the in. show. Then it kicked in. The Gritty by Keanu Hill, by the way, right on beat. Fantastic work. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. How about this, BYU Sports Nation? I know you're not going to like this. The SP, or the SP Plus numbers, rather, from Bill Connolly and ESPN are out. And if you watched the show yesterday, you heard us make reference to it. But let's bring it up again just to uh, stir up the emotion, shall we? Just to aggravate you further. BYU, out of all 14 teams in next year's Big 12, ranked dead last in the SP Plus numbers. Number 62. And if you're wondering, well, what the heck is SP Plus? It's a combination of... What you did last year, what you bring back in returning production, what they're projecting you to do this year based on who comes back and how they did it last year. BYU is 62nd. The next closest team is Kansas at number 57. It also takes into account recruiting, Jason, mm -hmm. and recruiting history. Mind you, BYU was number 25 in this metric last year, so they are 37 spots lower. How much do you read into this drop and the SP Plus numbers overall, especially the fact that BYU was last out of the 14 Big 12 teams? Yeah, like I, I certainly did not expect to see BYU end up where they did in terms of the other Big 12 teams. That, that was honestly quite surprising to me that they came in dead last in terms of the rankings. But I want to go to something that you just said because you mentioned that last year BYU was 25th in this. Okay, would you say that BYU lived up to the 25th preseason SP Plus rankings? Eight and five would not qualify uh, as yes, number 25. Yes, we got super excited. It would be, look, we, we couldn't come out here and, and say, because last year when this happened, we were touting the SP Plus. Look, BYU's oh, yeah. 25, like, and we put so much stock in it. We now can't say, okay, well, they don't mean anything because last year we put a lot of stock because it was pro-BYU. Yeah, here's the thing. BYU was number one in the country in returning production. Correct. 25th yes. overall in this yes. metric. Number one in returning production. And I honestly believe that's what's playing the most into this ranking. Now, I also believe BYU has added a lot of talent. I, I will be shocked if when it all is said and done, BYU is dead last in the Big 12. I am not expecting that at all. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that they're going to be a top two or top three team. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just, I'm, but I'm not saying that. Okay. I will be so surprised if at the end of the year, they turn out to be dead last in the Big 12. I just don't expect that. Let me quantify why this is not that big of a deal, okay? First of all, there are 130-plus college football teams now. It feels like there are a few more joining each year. In fact, BYU is going to take on a first-time FBS foe in Sam Houston State this year who are making the jump from the lower division up. So that's not an FCS game, by the way. I know some BYU fans are like, why is BYU hosting two FCS teams? Sam Houston State is not an FCS team. They have made the jump up to Division I FBS football. BYU is 62nd out of 130-plus yes. Division I FBS teams. That's still top half yes. in the SP Plus projection. I know it's last in the Big 12, 
but it doesn't really matter that much because of what you just pointed out. BYU was number 25 last year and number one in returning production overall, and it was uh, eight and five because of you picked the reason. I know a lot of you are going to lean toward, well, injuries and lack of depth because of those injuries. BYU did put together a four-game win streak to close out the season, making everyone feel a little bit better, but Cougars started a fourth-string quarterback in the bowl game, Jason. A fourth-string quarterback. Soljay Boljay Mayava got it done <laughs> in New Mexico. It's only happened once before with Tom Young, Steve Young's little brother, who yes. started as the fourth-string guy against Kansas, of all teams, in the 1992 Aloha Bowl. It got that bad for BYU. So, yeah, injuries in play. I'm telling you all this because rewind to 2020 to 2021 in that transition. Zach Wilson, gone, number two overall pick. And Dax Milne, his number one receiver, gone. Brady Christensen, the, the core of that offensive line, gone, third round pick. BYU had five draft picks after that unbelievable 2020 COVID-based season. And they weren't bringing back much production. And their numbers were super low in this projection. We were all like, oh, man, what the heck is BYU going to get? Well, they do, Jason. Uh, they brought back Tyler Algier. Yeah. And he set the single-season rushing record. And Jaron Hall was introduced. And BYU goes undefeated against the Pac-12. They go 10-3. and And they're a top-15 team for much of the season. So, again, I don't know how much I buy into the SP Plus projection just because BYU has been so wildly inconsistent. Yeah. In fact, it feels like over the past few seasons they've gone exactly they've the opposite. They've been the opposite, yes. They've, the opposite of what this statistic when it comes out, look, and, and look, everybody these days, it's all about the the analytics. And so I, I get why this stuff is out there. And again, it it does us no good to completely dismiss it because it comes from somewhere. Sure, sure. But exactly what you said, for whatever reason, it has not been very accurate in determining what was going to happen for BYU, yeah. both positively and negatively. And look, honestly, for me, I know how I would answer this. What's the indicator that you look at most in trying to determine ultimate success for an upcoming season? What do you look at? It starts at the quarterback position typically. Right. But you need, like, at least one superstar skill position player, and you probably need the core of an offensive line. Those are the two things that I'm looking at to help me determine if I believe my team or – in BYU's case, the BYU football team will be good, they'll be mediocre, or maybe they'll be below average. So it starts with a star skill position player, and then do you have an offensive line? Can you win on offense in the trenches? And BYU has been really solid in those scenarios for the past three years. Think about it. Okay, in 2020, they brought back – Zach Wilson and Dax Milne and Tyler Algier was starting to burst onto the scene. The weakened schedule helped a little bit with that and kind of pushing BYU back into the national limelight. But then in 2021, even though they lost those five draft picks, you bring back Algier. Jaron Hall we felt pretty good about, but then BYU has Puka Nakua start to take on a large role. So there were multiple star skill position players. Yeah. Even this year with Hall and Nakua leading the charge, really pretty solid on offense when they were healthy. How many games were they, like, completely healthy, though, Jason? Very rarely. Maybe game one? <laughs> I, I know. I hate it. I hate it because you wonder, like, well, what if? What if that's the case? Uh, I, so it, I think for me it starts with you got to have some yeah. just gamers 
like at the skill positions, and then do you have a good offensive line? See, I, I think my answer is probably more big picture than, than that specific. I do look at returning production, and the only reason that I look at returning production is because I think it helps you get a baseline. It, it doesn't, it's not the end-all, be-all in determining success. As we've seen, and last year was a perfect example of that. Okay. BYU number one in the country in returning production. It did not equate to a double-digit win season. No. It didn't. We thought we thought it was certainly capable of doing that, and we put a lot of stock in that, but okay. it didn't. So I think looking at what the people that are returning did last year helps get a baseline. Okay. Then from there on, you can start kind of maybe get diving into it a little bit more. But, but I, I think looking at what's coming back, the production they had last year, talent standpoint, I think that's a pretty good early on evaluator on sure. what to expect. Sure. But again, with what BYU has coming back, it's certainly not the 80% that we had last year to talk about, but there's still a ton of talent on this team. And I understand that you, you lost some really key offensive linemen to the transfer portal. You obviously yeah. have, have had your yeah. starting quarterback move on. But BYU has brought in a quarterback that we all certainly believe and hope can pick up right where Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall left off and find himself in the NFL draft in another season. So I, I, I think that, for me, that's kind of the indicator as where you start with a baseline. But again, I will... I will rehash what I said before and I think what you said is is a, is something people need to keep in the back of their mind 62 we're not talking about 62 out of 70 no no we're no. talking about close to what 130 whatever it is 132 right yeah, 130 now? 132 so you're talking about the the upper half of college football this is just for the big 12 and again I will say it again I, I do not expect BYU to be dead last in the Big 12 this year. I do not. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you some specific numbers here. Okay, so we, we mentioned the number 25. BYU was 25th in the SP Plus going into last season. Okay, and then I said, well, what did they have the year before? They were low 30s when Bill Connolly released them in February of 2021, and they, they were adjusted to number 31 going into uh, the 2021 season. Going into the 2020 season, BYU was 53rd. So, do you feel like so fairly comparable to what we're seeing right now? Yeah. How, do you do you feel like this metric matters based on the results of the past few years? I'll let you decide that. For me, it's how many stars do you bring back in skill positions, and do you have the core of your offensive line? And let's be honest, this is content for the beginning of February. You haven't had spring ball. You haven't had another transfer portal window, which we all expect yeah. to be as crazy, if not crazier than before. And I'm not talking just from a BYU standpoint. I'm talking college football wide. So it, it does you no good to start making predictions about a team that may not even look like what it's looking like now in five months. You want to know what the real why factor is? And if I feel like my team is going to be pretty good or not, the continuity of the coaching staff. And on the offensive side of the ball, I expect BYU's offense to be humming again. Even yeah. with the transfer quarterback, I feel like Keaton Slovis and Aaron Roderick have already formed a really, really good bond. This, I mean, and I got to go off of conversations that I've had with guys in the football coaching offices. Yeah. And they feel like Keaton and Aaron are on the exact same page, and he is 
doing his best to get involved in that playbook. And that's a challenge for him. That's the huge challenge for Slovis is how quickly can you get acclimated with that playbook, which has become more expansive over the past few years under A-Rod, and then can you execute everything that he wants to do. They feel like they're in a good position right now in mid-February. And so that that is a, a challenge. But on the flip side, t- wholesale changes on the defensive staff, yeah. right? That's the big question mark. Is like we all love Jay Hill. We expect him to come in and do things, but how much time? You got to give him some time, I think. Give him a few years before we really start to see like that defense make significant improvement. So that to me is the huge question mark. So maybe 62 is totally fair, Jason, because I think the offense is going to be okay and they should be humming. I have no idea about the defense right now. I feel like I have an idea of some of the players, but what the heck is Jay Hill going to do with those players and who's actually going to see the field because his eyes are totally different than Elisa Tuiaki and they have totally different opinions on who fits their specific scheme. So I'm fascinated by this season. I mean, there's so many things to look forward to for this year in terms of going into the Big 12, but also what is the defense going to look like? How is it going to be different? You know, are we going to what what scheme changes will we notice and how effective will they be? It's what makes this upcoming season one of the most um, anticipated seasons we've ever had. 62 feels fair. I expect BYU to be a top 50 college football team overall by the end of the season. Top 50. okay? and that's not SP plus. I'm just saying, like, I think there'll be a top 50 team in the country. By the end of this upcoming season. I, I don't see why that's that's not possible. Our question of the day is this. What's your number one indicator that you use to determine if BYU football will be good or bad next year? Everybody's thinking about it during the offseason. At Twiggy or Stone answers, the number of Pac-12 teams on the schedule. <laughs> when there are a lot, I know BYU's in for a great season. If there are only a few, it's a toss-up. There are exactly zero Pac-12 Zero Pac-12. On next year's schedule. So I don't know how to feel about that, Twiggy or Stone. At Roberts underscore MN says, the location and date of our bowl game. <laughs> he wants to hop in the DeLorean and, uh, and see the date before he makes any predictions. <laughs> Weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I love the indicators. <laughs> Watch BYU basketball with Mark Pope on demand on the BYU TV app. Is Greg Rubel, the coach, and all the assistant coaches Look ahead to Santa Clara and St. Mary's this week. It is a big week for hoops. Up next, uh, it's an interview with Steve Young that I guarantee you never anticipated. There are a number of factors. You you just got to stick around for this interview with Steve Young, where he does it and how he does it, and he answers the question, who's number one in the former Cougar in the NFL power rankings? Is it him or Andy Reid? Stay with us for more BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. And Steve Young got in for the score. Throws it back to Young. Uh, yes, BYU did it. And I love just the heavy metal classic rock 80s vibe. That was that quite nice. Steve Young music video. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Shep and I had the opportunity to speak with 
Steve Young uh, from uh, his carpool situation. <laughs> He's, just a dad. Valley. He's just a dad. He's just doing his dad thing. Had a fantastic conversation on topic. Our Andy Reid, the Super Bowl, Steve's increasing social media game, and of course his thoughts on BYU in the Big 12. Two on one with Steve Young earlier this morning. Steve, I need to first and foremost compliment you on your increased role on social media. You've stepped up your social media game, and it is appreciated. Uh, <laughs> so funny. My kids have been making fun of me for a long time. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I, you know, Dad, you don't do anything, and you know, and I was like, it's better. My life is better. I don't want to have the hassle, and and. But then I, I, they gave me such a hard time. I was like, okay, let me just peck away at it a little bit. And uh, so then I, I didn't ever had an Instagram, so I got one. And they're like, Dad, it's embarrassing. You only have a thousand <laughs> followers. I have more followers than you do. It's embarrassing. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. What do you do? Buy them? Like, I don't know what to do. So maybe you guys can help me get some followers so my kids don't make fun of me so much. Jeez. All right. We're on the Steve Ooh. Young. Follow Steve Young on Instagram yeah. campaign today. I don't, I don't think it's going to take too much to ask people to follow Steve Young. I, I have a feeling that you're going to see an uptick in followers pretty quick. Well, I'm taking a beating at home, so feel free. But it's been – it has – the reach is a little bit, like, alarming and weird, and I don't know what to say about it because – I'm in church, and it's Super Bowl. No, the championship weekend, and the 49er game is on. And I, uh, and I got a taping, so I'll get it later. And I check the phone, and uh, I see that Josh Johnson just threw a pass for the 49ers. And I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> and then I, I, I do a little quick check, uh, and uh, and you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then Josh Johnson gets hurt. In the, I'm in the second hour, and Josh Johnson gets hurt. And so I think, you know what? I'm going to tell people I'm in the parking lot warming up. I'm ready to go, you know? So I, I do that thinking, you know, I don't think anything of it. So a couple of days later, a buddy of mine goes, hey, you know that thing went viral. I'm like, uh, okay, great. I go, what? He goes, yeah, two and a half million views. I'm like, that is nuts. And then for the next two days, everyone I saw, Everyone in my life talked about, hey, I heard you in the parking lot warming up. <laughs> and I thought, I just, I thought, I, that's when social media hit me. Like, my gosh, you really have been, uh, like, because there is some power, not power, but some, I don't know, something in it that really could be kind of interesting. So anyway, let's not belabor that, but my kids are still making fun of me. <laughs> I love it. Steve Young is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Just, just for the record, how many plays could you have gone if you had actually transitioned from the parking lot to the game? In this offense, and I'm not kidding you, in this offense with Kyle calling plays and the bubble screens and the slip screens and the RPOs, like I know for sure I could get off the RPO and throw the slant. Uh, I might be with a little <laughs> air, a little, a little space, be able to throw you know something a little bit further. I mean, you could get some plays in. They're, they're, the, <laughs> defense would, the defense would creep. I mean, they'd sort of say, hey, look, this guy can't get anything going. But there can be some plays run. I mean, I can guarantee you they could I, – when they couldn't – when Brock, poor Brock came back and couldn't throw the football, I was like, I know I could do that. So. <laughs> Steve, uh, let's talk a little Super Bowl. Obviously, you were there. And, like, as a Chiefs fan, I was extremely happy that the Chiefs won. You certainly know a lot about the Super Bowl. You've been to many Super Bowls. You've won Super Bowls. What did it mean to you to be there and experience that – 
with Andy Reid, who you're super close with? You know, I, I don't do, I mean, I do Monday night during the season. Uh, and the only thing I do on Sunday is that, that post game. And I, and I do it mostly because it's the final say of the season. I really enjoy that, but it's doubly positive for me when it's Andy and it's been twice now. And I think the second time was he, you could tell even he was, he, he knew the impact and the import of the moment and what he was accomplishing. And, um, there's rarefied air now, and it kind of solidifies his coaching and his tree and his. The thing about Andy that made me somewhat emotional at that moment was that Andy has changed the game. Bill Walsh started it. Bill Walsh was somebody that wanted to pay it forward. He wanted to give his assistant coaches all of his knowledge, all of who he was. He poured it out to those guys so that they could be successful in the future. And he did that for Mike Holmgren. And Mike had the same spirit because of Bill and gave it to Andy. And Andy has done it in a more unique way because Andy's so kind. And that kindness that Andy, in the middle of the NFL, the rough and tumble, the mosaic law, eye for an eye environment of the NFL, where most coaches end up with a big stick and just start hitting people, he's always a guy with tools. And he's always, you know, and Travis Kelsey came on and I said, What? Give me something about Andy. He says, He's. He, he gives us, he inspires us. Every day he comes in with new ideas. He's always thinking about something new and some innovative. He's all, and, and, I, and I thought to myself, here's the most innovative mind in the NFL. Here's the most successful coach in the NFL. And here's the kindest guy in the NFL. And I just think that's the thing that people don't realize is that you can be excellent and kind. You can hold two things that don't necessarily go together a lot of times excellence means that you're famous and then there's hubris and then there's uh, the inevitable um you know self-absorption and like andy's just kind and i think that's changing the guys that are getting jobs today are all these young guys that have been influenced by andy reed mm. and it's changing the it's changing the nfl it's changing how players are treated it's changing how they're coached and how they're dealt with and how they're inspired and so i feel like there's a lot going on when you ask me that question with Andy Reid. Steve Young is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You took a picture with Andy and Tammy after the Super Bowl. Another thing that went viral, if you will, and BYU fans especially took hold of that. What was that moment like for you to be with Andy and Tammy celebrating the Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs? Well, I've been with him a long time. Everyone knows that he was my JV coach when we went to Air Force in the JV game, and it was my turn. We rotated the three quarterbacks, Jim Kimball, Mark Haugo, and me rotated the starts, and, uh, and, and it was my turn to start in, at Air Force. And I remember him walking in the locker room before the game. He goes, Mark Haugo's dad's moved, flown in from Minnesota, and so he's here in the, in the stands. Is there any way you'd let him start? And I said, no. <laughs> I guess Mark Halgo's dad's going to watch me play. I think that's awesome. And, uh, and so that's where Andy and I started. That's where we, that's where we've been. That's how long, you know, we've been together. And, and Tammy and the ups and downs of their lives and the challenges of their lives. And so that was unfair for me to be there in that moment with all of those years and with Tammy to know what their lives have been like. It wasn't just like some coach coming by for an interview. It's like, I've, I've been part of their life for a long, long time. And so that's why it was, you know, kind of triple special.
All right, Steve, if we get a chance to ask Andy this, we're going to ask him the same question I'm about to ask you. But we were having a discussion on the show the other day about the, the best Cougar <laughs> to ever be in the NFL. And we, we agreed it was you. Andy was second. Do you agree with <laughs> what we've, uh, we've come down to? Well, there's a, there should be a coaching, uh, uh, you know, kind of competition and a player competition. Okay. You know what I mean, cause like they're, 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 they're different. They're different. And, uh, and Andy, man, I, I, I mean, he's starting to, the, the, I didn't, I, my biggest issue is that I, I sat, I sat some years and frustrational fronts, frustrational. Oh, that's, that's good. Frustration <laughs> years. Uh, and so, you know, Andy's just, He's running the he's running the clock out here. I mean, he he could with his innovative mind and how he's staying fresh with the game and how he's inspiring the game. He's a, he could be a Tom Brady kind of figure here. He could be seventy eight still coaching. I mean, yeah. I I think it's possible. So he's gonna. It's fun. I, I, I but also I could see him retiring. Like I could see him kind of you know kind of you know not playing. So. Uh, but anyway, awesome conversation. Sounds like a barroom kind of conversation. Good luck to you guys. <laughs> it's right there with who had the better team, 83 or 84 at BYU, Steve. So, you know, again. Well, I, that's not a competition. <laughs> that's not a competition. I don't even want to hear about it. You I know? would do. It's 83, man. All I, see is, all I see is Gerald McNeil running over me in the back. You know, puppy turns, 16 puppy turns for 1,000 yards. <laughs> hey, speak, uh, speaking I, of. I tell you guys like my background, my my background, you know, my Toyota Sienna. This is my this is my swagger wagon. Bro. It looks so great. This is how I roll. Hey, you're doing the dad thing, and I appreciate that. I, I do the same thing, so I'm I'm right there with you. I just love the fact that all these people that have been walking behind you have no idea that they're about to be on national television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is Silicon Valley. This is there. This is they're not focused on sports here. That's they true. Even know they, this they, is true. They're, they're just asking where Zuckerberg lives. Where Zuckerberg <laughs> lives? Down, you go down the street. Go get him. All right, Steve, uh, speaking of BYU football, they're making the transition to Power 5 status. They're in the Big 12. They're going to have 10 Power 5 games next year. What's the key, in your opinion, to handling a Power 5 schedule like BYU has never seen before? Well, it's, it, it, the roots of it are in recruiting. Um, we have, you know, and this, uh, Tom and I and Kalani, everybody, Everybody's all in in trying to make sure that we improve our recruiting prowess. Um, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, it's been a slide into where we're not getting the LDS athletes in Utah. We're not getting the LDS athletes in the West. And that's just something that we can't abide. So uh, I think there's a real effort to make those improvements, um, the development plans that, that players want and need. Um, I think there, there's a lot of things that Tom's doing in the last six months, getting ready for this battle and honing our game and getting it ready. Um, I'm happy about it and really excited. And that's where it's going to happen. Now, when you get to NIL stuff, you know, I don't suspect that BYU is going to be the ones that are going to be paying Arch Manning a million, two million dollars. So there's a capitulation to that. We got to figure out how to get through that. People here locally at Stanford are trying to figure that out because they're not, they don't want to chase around that as well. So there's some, you know, some changes still afoot. You know, the idea that the Pac-12 might, or Pac-10 now might create some environments where they that disappear. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's still in the mix, but we're set, we're solid, and we've got to recruit. That's the bottom line. 
and um, everything else will kind of come out of that. As long as A-Rod's around calling plays, and if A-Rod gets a head coaching job somewhere, I hope we're, we're, we are training the next Mike McDaniel or yeah. – you know, those guys that left the 49ers for years um, that are still leaving the 49ers every year. It seems like we have to find people who can call the plays, teach the position and make sure that we are no matter what in the Big 12, throwing the ball like BYU always had. That's how yes. we have to live. That's how we have to die. And so as long as we're doing that and we're recruiting really well, we'll be in the mix. But if we can't recruit better, um, then we don't want to be in the bottom rung, you know, kind of the the guys that, you know, that are four and eight in, in big 12 schedule. We don't want to be, well, that's not where we want to be. We weren't there in independence and uh, we don't want to be in the big 12. So, um, and I think there's, there's a lot to love about, you know, everyone knows that BYU and what we can be. And I think it's about time to go find the full measure of who we can be. I think it'd be super cool. And there's a lot of alumni that are fired up about it and trying to help. And I think that Tom and Kalani are ready to go do it. So Let's recruit. Let's help everyone. Like the whole community needs to help recruiting. Um, I don't know how that works, but we've got to be, you know, we're, we have a mission, worldwide missionary effort. We need a worldwide recruiting effort for BYU football too. <laughs> All right, Steve, we appreciate the time. Live from his Toyota Sienna Swagger Wagon. Nobody does it like Steve Young in the Silicon Valley. Eight seats. Look at that. Eight seats. 14 cup holders. I love it, man. Hey, uh, let's make this a monthly conversation because we still need to talk about Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson and Keaton, Keaton Slovis, Slovis and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. So let's do this again oh, soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, we, have, <laughs> we do have a lot to talk about. You're right. I forgot about that. Well, <laughs> we covered the big ones, Andy. We covered Andy and the Big 12. Yes, so sir. We'll, 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 we'll have time. I'm around. And, hey, look, just call me. I'm in the car. Pull over. <laughs> and uh, how you doing? You. And, uh, we can do it anytime, anywhere. So. You got it. Thanks so Thank much, you, Steve. Steve. All right, see you, boys. The legendary Steve Young on BYU Sports Day. All right, so our producer, Ben Bagley, noticed that at least one of the people that walked by during that interview went back a second time. Wait, is that, is that Steve, Steve Young? Young sitting in a Toyota Sienna? Yeah, maybe it is. Swagger wagon, if it's, you will? It's his Sienna swagger wagon. The show will never be the same. I love how we like went into sales mode. Eight seats? It's, uh, <laughs> what's it going to take for me to put you in this Sienna today? Yeah, he is, he's the carpool dad. And I, I meant what I said. Like, that yes. resonates with me because yeah. I do that. We live that life right Hall now. Hall of Famer, MVP. He's just dad at home. He's just driving kids to school he's in the morning. Dad. He's just dad. And before we, before we started the interview, he said, typically I've worked out the streets here. He's yeah. like, he even mentioned a specific street named El Camino. He's like, if you hit it just at the right time, like you can crush it. He's that. like, people usually avoid it. He's like, my secret is to actually do it, but you got to hit it at the right time. He's excellent in all things. He's well planned out, right? He, he wants to execute at a high Look, level in carpool a, and in football. He's all about the routes. It's all yeah, about the yes. right routes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, we, we need to talk to him about the quarterbacks too. Yeah, we had we had at least another thirty minutes of yes. questions we could have asked. More Steve Young is what we're uh, trying to say here. Absolutely, okay. <laughs> always great to talk with Steve. All right, listen to BYU men's basketball versus Santa Clara on BYU Radio tomorrow night, starting at eight Eastern with Cougar pregame live. It's a big, big game for the oh, Cougars. Massive, massive game. And up next, we were just talking about Andy Reid. He had a celebratory meal after the Super Bowl. It included a salad. He explains why next on <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. And Jason, there are several ways to interact with the show. Indeed. Uh, you get great content throughout the day. Follow us on social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is the Chef Dizzle. I am Spencer. If you missed our conversation with Steve Young, you need to watch it as soon as possible or listen to it. You do it however you feel both. like you need to. Yeah, both. Why so, not? Hey, how about you sync up the audio and the video. Oh wait, we've, it's what we do already. We, we've done that for you. <laughs> Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Ah yes, the Big 12 announcing they will be holding football media day July 12th and 13th at Jerry World in Dallas. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited about looking forward to those two days? I think just seeing how BYU fits into the conversation. I am, I am excited to hear what all of the other coaches yes. say about BYU and what they bring to year one of the conference. And I'm sure that they'll all be complimentary because that's just what coaches it's do. It's the day for everybody to be happy about everything. But to hear all of the Big 12 coaches yes. just address BYU specifically is very unique. It's never happened before. And I'm also looking forward to the preseason poll. I want to see where in the heck BYU is going to be picked to finish in year one of the Big 12. It might be like, 12th or something like that. Just just to get the number. I just yeah. want to see that. Yeah, you and I are on the same page. I, like Maybe it's self-serving, but I, I want to hear what they have to say about BYU. And, and, and just to see Tom Holmo in a BYU logo up with Texas and Oklahoma yeah. and Baylor, yes. just to see it and witness it, cannot wait. To be officially a part of the madness at Jerry's World. Two-day media yes. event. Yes. Big Game Boomer has ranked BYU at Arkansas as the 11th overall top non-conference game in the 2023 college football slate. Jason, moving forward, would you be okay if BYU was not on a list that included top non-conference games? 100%. I'm all about scheduling the dubs for the first three. You're scheduling teams that you know you're going to beat. That way you always head into conference play 3-0. That's the job. I'm okay with one. I'm okay with one tough non-conference game. And guess what? More often than not, it's going to be Utah. And so I'm totally in favor of that game happening a majority of the time. Let's say six to seven out of every 10 years. BYU is going to play Utah, and that most like likely will be part of the top non-conference game list because it is such a heated rival. You and I are going to have to agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> you don't want Utah on the schedule. I don't want Utah on the schedule, and I want three cakes in the first. <laughs> Baseball was picked to finish third in the WCC preseason rankings. Will they finish higher or lower? I think they're going to finish right at that spot, Jason. I think BYU baseball, uh, yeah, they're a top three team in the West Coast Conference. Yep. I hope they finish higher than that. I do not think they will finish lower than that. I, I, I think that number three is a totally fair position yep. for this team. When I saw this come out, I, I thought, yeah, I think they got it. And there is certainly, look, there's so many new faces on this team now. They, they bring a lot of guys back. This is one of those teams where you bring a lot back, but you also have a lot of new talent coming in. If some of these new guys can can do what their talent says they can do, there's a chance they can move up. But I do like it at three. Yeah, top three team, get to the postseason tournament, right? Yeah. You're, you're in that mix. Yep. How about this? Chiefs head coach, BYU legend Andy Reid told KCTV5 what he enjoyed for his post-Super Bowl victory meal. Yeah, I went to Pizza 51. <laughs> That's what I did. I got a... 
a mushroom and uh, sausage pizza. How about that? And a salad just to make my, you know, chubbiness feel feel uh, good. <laughs> uh, you can't beat him. You cannot no, beat him. He is the best. Are you more impressed with his pizza choice or impressed with his healthy choice of a salad? Well, I'm more impressed with the healthy choice, but not because it's, uh, it's just healthy. I love the fact that he had sausage on the pizza. Love the sausage on the pizza. I can't stand mushrooms. Okay. So I can't go with the pizza okay. because mushrooms were on it. So by default, I'm going to go with the salad. I'm impressed that he went to a pizza place because he's been so associated with cheeseburgers. It's true. He mixed it up. He did. He went to his favorite pizza joint or one of his favorite pizza joints in the Kansas City area, Pizza 51. Got it done. He mixed it up. So I'm impressed that he chose something different after. You're right. He the is usual known for the cheeseburgers. Right? Yes. Don't get me wrong. Like, cheeseburgers are fantastic. Look, and he knows it better than look, most. If he keeps bringing uh, Super Bowls to my team, he can go eat wherever he wants. <laughs> I'll buy. I'll pay for it, Andy. You're going to take him to Ruth's Chris? I'll take him wherever he wants <laughs> if he keeps winning Super Bowls. Let's go. All right. You heard it, Jason Shepard. And then, I mean, I get to hang out with Andy Reid. That's so true. Here's that. All right, tomorrow night, men's basketball hosting Santa Clara, and we've got a full hour of pregame coverage starting at 8 Eastern with countdown to tip-off of BYU TV ahead of another big game for the Cougs. Up next, this is a real conversation that's happening on Twitter. If you could save one Pac-12 team and bring them over to the Big 12. Do we have to? Which team would it be? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, who won't be? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B, a fantastic mid-February, mid-week show. We know how to bring the energy mid-week. Steve Young talking Andy Reid and pizza and salads. Steve Young and his... Dad car. Swagger wagon. Swagger wagon, as he calls it. It's been a great show. And it's Love good. It. It's about to get better. We just received this tweet uh, from a few minutes ago. <laughs> David Moore at Cougar Center SLC asks, what's the latest death watch for the Pac-12? Hoping that Spencer Linton and the gang at BYU TV Sports and BYU Sports Nation will discuss the issues George Klyovkov has sailed his league into. Doesn't look good beyond the next academic year when the media deal lapses. So, David, here we go. Earlier this morning, Action Network's Brett McMurphy, friend of the program, tweeted the following, and I quote, CBS and Turner are currently no longer involved in Pac-12's media rights negotiations, sources told the Action Network HQ. Now, this just adds to something we just showed you on TV, a bracket, okay, surrounding the status of the Pac-12. Viva La Cats, a Cincinnati Bearcats podcast, <laughs> sent out the tweet with the following bracket. If you can only save one team from the sinking ship of the Pac-12, which one would you pull into the Big 12 lifeboat? We've, we've gotten to this point. Yes. The answer, at least for me, is quite easy. <laughs> okay. Like, there's only one team in this bracket okay. that actually will add something to, and that's Oregon. Interesting. That's okay. the, okay. A, a very only, you think only one team adds anything? Adds, adds what they would be looking for. Okay. If we could only pick one, okay. there's multiple teams that add, 
but it's if there's one to pick, okay. the one that brings the most with it is Oregon because of Nike. The West Coast and yes. Nike and, and it's money Nike. and yes. Yeah. Okay. So so that's the answer. A very close second for me would be Arizona State, only because I have an unhealthy obsession with Phoenix. Okay, you love I the Phoenix. Love you love baseball. Phoenix. I love Phoenix. I yeah. do. I love Phoenix. It's spring training. But the answer Mecca. the answer is Oregon. Is it? Just let me just let me offer up the prospect of adding Deion Sanders in Colorado to the Big 12 Media Day scenario, Jason. You want to fulfill my dream of ha of having me interview him for the pregame coaches show for Jason, radio, Jason? Then you've answered you've re-answered your question. <laughs> it's not Oregon. It's Colorado and Deion Sanders. How long prime is he going to be there? Prime time in the Big 12. How long is he going to be there? Well, for right now, I mean, selfish purposes, I, I want him right now for a couple of years, and then whatever, he can but move on. But you're taking away Utah's rival. <laughs> Shoot. Darn it. <gasps> Dag nabbit. <laughs> or in the words of Andy Reid, doggone it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, if it's not Oregon, for me, it's Colorado. I think it would be hilarious and super entertaining to have primetime Deion Sanders. And... Back in their old yes, stomping grounds. Former, former Big 12 Bring team. them back to their roots. Joel Klatt, one of the premier voices in college football, Colorado alum, he feels strongly that Colorado will be back in the Big 12 in the next few years. And it does make sense if, now granted, we're talking about a conference that has Provo and Morgantown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I get that we're not talking about travel being easy, but having you can come out play Colorado yeah. any other sports obviously Colorado and BYU like you're just going over the Rockies like that does make some sense you, you would have the quote unquote travel partner for Correct. BYU would Colorado become BYU's rival then is the Rocky Mountain rivalry like reformatted into the Big 12 they're in the transfer portal and they go from one rival to the other yeah who who knows i, I know that Brett Yormark wants some some combination of teams in the west coast that's probably at the top, Oregon and Washington. I can't speak for Brett Yormark, but using common logic, why would you not want Washington and Oregon, the two biggest name brands, and have the most tradition in history of any of the remaining teams in the Pac-12 as part of the Big 12, opening up the West Coast? Yeah. Now you have a conference that literally stems through all four time zones, and that is that would be unique to the Big 12, to cover all four time zones, and if they can't get Oregon and Washington, let's say that the Big Ten comes calling and the Ducks and the, the Huskies get what they wanted all along. They get the invite to the Big Ten. Great. Then I wouldn't be opposed to inviting Stanford and Cal if they want the West Coast. I, I would be shocked if, they, if those schools, specifically one of those schools, even entertained it. I know. Stanford could probably go independent. Yes, they could. Cal's more desperate. It's well known and it's been publicly stated that their athletic department has been in the red and have been bleeding money away and they're in big trouble. So Cal, I think, would absolutely jump at the opportunity. Stanford could go independent and be yeah. just fine. They can still compete for national championships in like 24 sports. Well, or whatever Stanford it could is. also get rid of athletics and be just fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Stanford is in a very, very unique yes. situation. They are a team that could go independent and sustain it for a long, long time, probably forever. Now, what I think is most likely to happen here is still the four-corner situation. The Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, get invited over. It's not four time zones, but that feels like the, the most likely thing that would happen. It's the one that is talked about the most because a lot of it is it's common sense. 
Does Arizona, with their unique time zone, count as four time zones? Half because of the year. Part of the year they are Pacific because I, I don't. I think it's the part during football that yeah. they're not. You spring forward. Pacific. You spring forward, and then you are until at least October or yes. November. You have four time zones. So in November, we'd go back to three like, time we, zones. Look, we bring two mark. We bring two time zones to you. Okay, that's our selling point. Maybe maybe the Arizona schools are the answer. Maybe that's the compromise. You're not going to get the full measure of four time zones, but you'll get it for half of the year. Yeah. Like, look, nobody else can offer what we can offer you. Two time zones, all right? Okay, you and I, we're both taking Oregon for obvious yeah. reasons, mm -hmm. but at number two, Colorado would be, look, I, would be I, super I entertaining. I don't hate that either. All right. All right, if you missed any of our BYU TV sports interviews, shows, games, Deep Blues, or just want to check them out one more time, go to BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all of our BYU TV sports content. It is on demand. Up next, we play hardball in our Rise and Shoutout. Explain next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You could download the free, yes, we said free, BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day is this. What's the number one indicator you use to determine if BYU will be good or bad next year? And we've had a bunch of sarcastic responses like, well, typically if they win games or like they do things that, uh, you know, show growth in the program, that means, no, we're asking in February, okay? We're asking right now, what indicator are you using if, to help you determine if they're going to be good? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Nathan Gamet on Instagram says, if BYU plays games that are after 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time and will start time, they'll be 12-0. and 0. They were randomly awesome late at night last year. Yes. That, over the past three years, they've been really good at night. Yes. Well, look, whatever it is, stack the deck. If that's, if that's what it takes to get more wins, I'm all about it. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about we get into the three BYU baseball players, Cole Gamble, Jack Sterner, Ozzie Pratt, named to the uh, WCC preseason team. Okay. Well done, gentlemen. Our thanks to today's guest, Steve Young. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jim Kimball. See you tomorrow for a brand new edition of BYU Sports Nation.